This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Pick up the pieces of your life Put them back together with the words you write All the beauty and peace and the magic that you'll start to find When you write your story You've got the words inside, don't you think it's time To let them out and write them down Uncover what it's all about And write your, write your story Write your, write your story Hi, and welcome back to the Write Your Story podcast. This is Allie Fallon. I'm your host. And today I'm in the studio with my husband, Matt. Hello. The reason we're here is because several weeks ago, I was talking about what I'm doing on the podcast and you said something to me. I don't know if you remember this, but you you said, why don't you record an episode where you talk about a story from your life and talk about how you would organize that into a story structure, a narrative structure and I was like, that's an excellent idea. You should come on the podcast and do that mm. with me because um, now I see. we have been living through a story together for the last three years. Well, we got married in really November we got married. of 2019. Yes, we yeah. And we got kind of launched into a, a story that we're writing and living together. And I thought it would be fun for us to talk a little bit about that. I'm nervous to talk about it because a lot of what is included in the story is, well, just details that we haven't really shared publicly. Sure. So we've talked about like little parts of it, but not really the whole thing. So I thought it'd be fun to get you here. And I've prepped you zero, like mm-hmm. zero, zero. And that is true. I did ask you last night, is there anything I should be doing? You're like, no, 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 no you're fine. <laughs> just show up. <laughs> well, part of the reason for that is I have felt like I really want this podcast to be organic. The format is really different than anything I've ever done before. A lot of times in the past when I've done podcast episodes, it's been like a lot of prep time ahead of time, a set of questions that we answer and there's nothing wrong with that. But I really wanted this to be more organic. And so I wanted to just like talk and see how the story unfolds. Okay. 
You're going to have to lead this. <laughs> I'm going to lead it. I'm leading. This is me leading. Yeah. Let's rewind back to what I would call the beginning of a story. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'll ask you, when do you feel like the story started? This story that we're living. On our honeymoon. Okay. Tell me more. We got pregnant on our wedding night. Mm-hmm. And that was November 8th, 2019. And it felt like that bit of news. So we we learned that news. I want to say like two weeks into it. We did we did a very long we did an extended luxurious honeymoon. honeymoon, which was very nice. Which in retrospect was really smart of us because we were like mm-hmm. we might as well go on a long trip now. We knew we wanted to start our family right away, and so we figured we we didn't know when we'd have another chance to do it. Yeah. What we didn't know is that we were about to get pregnant and about to go into a Pandemic. global lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, I'm glad we did that when we when Same. we could and. We were also in a, I think, a season of life that felt very abundant and mm-hmm. easy mm-hmm. and carefree in 2019. And so when we were on our honeymoon, I'm not proud of this, but when you told me that we were pregnant because you went to the bathroom and took a pregnancy <laughs> test at like three o'clock in the morning, like you do, in Chile, yeah, about to go to Patagonia, and you come out of the bathroom and you tell me that we're pregnant and I just was silent for like 30 minutes. Yeah, that was terrifying. <laughs> well, I I freaked out. I just went into full on like, oh my gosh, we're going to have a baby. Yeah. Am I really ready for this? And I would I would imagine that my response is pretty normal for most men, but <laughs> I would think so, yeah. It yeah. just it was the we weren't we yeah, I wasn't completely prepared for that being so soon. And as soon as I kind of settled into it, I feel like I was really happy about it from those first 30 minutes was what I kind of needed to like grieve my old life <laughs> or so I thought <laughs> 30 minutes of- and then um then be like all right let's do this yeah and so I feel like to me that's when the story kind of started is with the pregnancy oh I thought you were going to say Patagonia because I no, thought you were going to talk about no, in, how go ahead just how in Patagonia you got this vision for a thing you wanted to do with your life well that too I mean it's it felt like all this Everything started shifting. So, you know, we get we we know that there's a baby on the way. We're in Patagonia. We're exploring in the most beautiful places in the world. One of the most beautiful places in the world. And I'm find myself super inspired by the hospitality and the hotels down there. And this sounds very bougie, but it, just, the hotels were not really hotels. They were more like I mean, they were they are hotels, luxury hotels. But they but not in the way that we would think of a luxury hotel in the states. It was. I don't know how to explain it. Like very like earthy and minimalist, very beautifully yeah, designed, very your, minimalist, no TVs in the bedrooms. Your view is the, is nature. Everything's included from your food to your excursions. Everything was this one stop shop. And I'm like, huh, there's something stirring in me around. This, what if we could bring this, to bring something like that to the States. And, yeah. you know, the vision has evolved quite substantially, but it's, I think that's where something kind of, changed in me. Yeah. So, well, and to set the scene, I'll set the scene by saying that you had a very established and lucrative career in, well, I always say in entertainment, It in you explain your career at the time. The easiest way to describe it is event production for entertainment brands. So we designed and produced very large experiences for movie studios, television networks at, at cultural events around the world from well, really, the United States, truthfully. I, in a former life, they were around the world. but Well, you did some in Dubai and even in 2020. That's and, true, yes. And in, yeah. So 
but the, yeah, that's what I was doing. And it was interesting work, very lucrative, um, hard work. Ha- yeah. Hard work. Mm-hmm. In addition to all of that, you had sort of burned out on the industry that you were in, but I don't know if in 2019 had you fully admitted that to yourself that you were burned well, out. Well, if you remember, I told you in 2018 that I felt like I was supposed to shut down the business. Oh my God. I forgot about yeah. that. And I refused to do it. I just kept holding on to it because it's, you know, money is a funny thing. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty motivating, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay. I had forgotten about that. So we come home in late November of 2019 Mm -hmm. pregnant and sort of settle into life as a married couple going like, okay, this is where we were planning for 2020. Like a lot of people were before we knew what 2020, before we knew what we now know about 2020, (laughs) we were planning for 2020 thinking like, this is going to be the best financial year of our lives. We're going to, you know, really kick off our married life together. We're going to have this baby. There's all these exciting things happening. Like, it felt what, like everybody was waiting for what 2020. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> I feel like everyone was kind of waiting for 2020 yeah. at the time. They, they were believing that this was going to be this incredible year. And, and it, it was. was just <laughs> in a different way than we thought. Yeah. Okay. So then is it fair to skip to March to the next part? Of, or is there something else significant that you feel like we need to share before then? I went to onsite, if you remember that. Oh, well. yeah. Um, okay. Onsite, if you don't know what it is, is an experiential therapy retreat center here in Tennessee, just outside of Nashville, where you go for a week. And there are a lot of different reasons to go, but the program you went to is called Living Centered. So it's a really great thing to do if you're, you know, starting something new in your life, like just newly married, or if you're thinking of making a change, or if you're coming off of a divorce and you need a reset or something like that. I've heard it explained like a year of therapy in a week. And that feels pretty accurate. Yep. We've both been. Yep. So the details are blurry, but was finishing up some work. That project in Dubai was in 2020, right before the world shut down. Oh, yeah. Um, it was in, I remember that was in February. So life was, you know. Oh, yeah. You went, to, you went to Dubai in February. We both went to Antigua. You went to onsite. We had a lot of travel in the early mm-hmm. part of the year. It's bizarre to look back on that time now because January, February was a very normal, pre-pandemic normal slice of life for us where we were on airplanes like once a week, you know, traveling across the world. Life was very busy and full. Mm-hmm. And now I don't know if you feel this way. I look back on that time and I'm like, I can't believe that that was a normal slice of life. It feels pretty miserable to me as if looking back. Honest. Yeah. Yeah. On paper, it sounds really exciting and like we're this globe trotting couple, but in reality it was not Really that it was a very... Well, I do remember the month of February, we hardly saw each other. Yeah. I remember I was like, wow, we're married and we saw each other like it was a single digit number of days in February that we were together in the same place. Yeah. So then March, mm-hmm. we go into lockdown. Okay. I'll tell you how I remember this part of the story and then you can you can fill in. But I remember getting a phone call from you the day that South by Southwest was canceled mm-hmm. and you lost a million dollars in business that day or close to it? Yes. So South by, and then just uh, another project that because of South by canceling, it was like the writing was on the wall. So there was another, it, I didn't have a project at South by. If you remember, I had turned down a project at South by, but the South by being canceled triggered our entire industry going, Oh, this is real. Yeah. If I remember correctly, it was, close to a week before we officially went into lockdown in LA. We were living Mm -hmm. in LA at the time. So 
the rest of the world hadn't really put it together yet that we were going to, that this was going to seriously impact. I think the local governments were figuring out how we're going to do this. And when the city of Austin was going, wait a minute, we're about to have people flying in from all over the world and COVID is a real thing. Yeah. Do we want to host this year? What are the, what could the fallout be? So South by was, I mean, I don't, I could be wrong, but it was literally a couple of weeks before South by was supposed to happen. So everybody lost a ton of money in our industry. People were like, what is going on? And I had a project with another television studio that was greenlit to go. And he called me that day and he said, because of South by being canceled, we're not going to take the risk because we're fairly certain that this, this, I think it was a festival or something. I can't remember where it was somewhere in LA that's going to be shut down too. And so it was a million dollar project for us that just completely got taken off the table. And I was lucky that I didn't have millions invested into the project, but I had thousands of dollars invested into the project. Mm -hmm. And then it was just a domino effect where all the projects and places that we would have gotten work that year completely shut down. Yeah. So I saw the writing on the wall going, there's going to be zero business this year, zero. And I made the choice. I was like, I don't know how long this is going to last, but I'm already exhausted. Why would I fight to keep this going? And, this well, was and also, I think somewhere deep inside of you, you really knew you didn't want to keep doing it anyway. No, it was a relief. And so, yeah. I mean, it's sad to say that COVID was a terrible time for a lot of people. For me, it felt like a gift. Yeah. And as someone who was living in the same house with you, you also were a bit panicked about, oh, we were both panicked. 100%. <laughs> if you remember, I had that one project that I held on to that yeah. didn't require anybody being in person and ended up keeping us sort of afloat and you were fighting to keep your business alive. Yeah. It was yeah. a stressful time. I yeah. was, what would I have been, four or five months pregnant at that point with mm-hmm. Nella? She was due in July, end of July. And then you all in one day moved out of your office, fired everyone. You were bringing stuff home from the office. And do you remember I was filming the videos for Prepare to Publish in mm-hmm. our house that week? Yep. And our photographer was there filming from Portland and during the week we were filming. And then by the end of the week, I was like, we got to, I remember there was a conversation about potentially domestic travel being shut down. Mm -hmm. And so we were like, we got to get him back on a plane home to his family. Otherwise he's going to get stuck here. And so we shut down production a day early and, and sent him home. But yeah, that was all happening leading up to what was that? Like the second week in March that the world shut down. That's all that feels blurry to me, but around that time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then it was like, kind of, I mean, I feel like, I was panicked about what was going to happen. It's middle of March at that point. We've got a baby coming in July. Mm -hmm. Your business is no longer. And my business is like kind of up in the air because even though we had just filmed these videos, we were going to do this big course launch. I was, it was just so uncertain about Mm -hmm. what people were going to spend money on or how the world was going to change or how long this was going to last. And so I also remember from that time though, I remember you being like, I'm going to take a Spanish class. I'm going to go for a long meditation walk. I'm going to, like you were kind of in a Zen place a little bit, at least for the first couple of months after COVID hit. Well, is that fair to say? If you remember, I had also signed up for a business coach and I had paid the money. Oh, yes. Before the pandemic. You had not even started with her, right? It was like right at the same time. I basically picked up. I forked over the money and the world shuts down. And I thought, do I ask for my money back? And I was like, no, 
I'm going to stick this out as a six month commitment. And it felt like I had this real gift that was given to me of focus and the, the business coach being more of like a life coach, I guess is a way to say it, but really thinking through holistically your approach to life and business and how you engage with the world. And it felt like I was given a real awesome opportunity to kind of do some work on myself and, you know, it was, it was short lived, but it, was, <laughs> it felt like I was, um, at least for a period there, I was very focused. If you, if you remember, it's I not totally whole, true that it was short lived. You're still working on yourself, but it's the short lived part. I well, feel we always are right. Yes. But I feel like the short lived part was the like Zen Matt mm-hmm. who was like, this is all going to work out in the end. Yeah. <laughs> that well, lasted I, if for, you remember, I wrote the bonfire curriculum. Eight weeks. <laughs> yeah. I wrote the bonfire curriculum did. and I thought yeah. I was going to do this whole coaching thing. And, you know, I think I felt a bit schizophrenic or I have felt a bit schizophrenic in this whole process because I've been all over the place on what I want to do and where I want to go and how, you know. Yeah, was, you've tried a lot of different things. Yeah. It felt like I had this opportunity to kind of recreate myself. And so I was like, I'm going to do this. No, I want to do this. No, I want to do that. Let's try this. Very kind of bouncing off the walls in a way. So my zenness didn't last very long. It turned into... I want to dabble in everything. (laughs) I guess more what I'm talking about is somewhere along the way, you found the thread of the thing that you want to do. Sure. And this, sorry, I'm going to add this because this feels different than Matt finding his career path. Maybe that's part of it. But it also felt like the thread you found was a project for our family. Mm -hmm. I think I'm still figuring out what this is actually going to be. I think you would agree with that. But before the pandemic even hit, I was introduced to a group of guys, 12 guys that were trying to do life well, entrepreneurs and or investors or whatever. And at the time I was running my business and there was a guy who pulled this group together. It was what's, what was interesting about, interesting about it is that it was all online anyway. There was no, we weren't, no one was meeting in person. It was all through WhatsApp. And, and most of these guys... I was the only American in the group, which was kind of fun. And we would just get together once a month, talk about life. One, you know, one person would lead it. And anyway, I got to know a guy in the group uh, named Johnny, who is now my current business partner. And he was telling me about what's happening in the surfing world with all the different technology. And as a pretty below average surfer, um, someone (laughs) who really just mostly likes to get in the water and the meditative experience of it. I thought, oh, how interesting. That'd be very cool in Nashville. And very, very long story short, it what started as like a little idea of bringing a surf park to Nashville has now evolved into a private residential community with surfing, golf, and spa, and basically something that brings families together to reconnect with themselves and nature mm-hmm. and with their families. It's become less about bringing surfing, surfing to Nashville and more about bringing the surfing lifestyle to Nashville, which is, we talked about this a few weeks ago, but like the surfing lifestyle, how would you describe the beautiful parts of the surf lifestyle? It's all about community and Mm -hmm. it's a much more laid back lifestyle, but you know, surfers will do anything to get a wave. If that means that they're up at four o'clock in the morning to, you know, to be the, the first on the beach and if they know there's a good swell coming in, they're going to be out there and they'll do that before they go to work. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it's just this idea of reorganizing your priorities to surf. Yeah. And I think 
a lot of that has been happening anyway in the world. A lot of people are reorganizing their priorities of what really matters. And I think what's been really challenging about this whole project is I'm being asked to do the same thing <laughs> and I'm not doing it. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at zerofoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products, it's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. I think I'm trying to bring a project into the world that is asking people to reorganize their priorities and connect with family and connect with nature and to reconnect with themselves. And I'm approaching this project in the same way that I always have, which is to suffocate the life out of it. <laughs> because well, I want to control it and I want to, I want to, yeah. I want to mold it and I want to bring it into the world my way. And I'll do that at any cost. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, to give you a little bit of credit, you are doing it your old way, but you're also doing it just the old way of the world, which it's hard to break a pattern like that when it's A, the only thing that you see around you, B, it's the only thing you've ever known. And you would have to completely reinvent your way of approaching a thing in order to do it differently because this is the only model that you've ever been shown or given. Sure. So yeah, like uh, to just add to what you said, I feel like the old approach is hustle. It's like go after a thing and control it into existence, sort of like set your eye on the horizon and decide what you want this thing to be mm -hmm. and then go after it unapologetically until it becomes that thing. And what life has been inviting you into or asking you to do is more like, can you participate with this thing or dance with it a little bit or or like surrender to what it wants to become. And yeah, like those two things are in direct conflict to one another. I think this project has shown me that it's impossible for me to pull this off. And me as Matt Ford, I do not have what it takes to do this. I don't have the resources. I don't have the, the knowledge that is required. Like it, there's all these reasons why this project won't happen. But what's been really interesting is that 
and this has happened, I don't know how many times, and you can probably vouch for this, where I've been at the end of myself. Mm-hmm. And when I finally surrender to the end of myself, I'm like, all right, well, I guess I, this is not going to happen. Something miraculous happens. Yeah. And the, another door opens that I never thought would be possible. And I think what is really funny about my human experience is that you would think that after 5,000 times of that happening, I'd be like, I'm just going to trust that the that God slash universe, whatever you want to call it, is going to take care of this because that's always happened. Yeah. And I, I haven't learned my lesson. <laughs> As you know, we're in a very we're in a very precarious position right now, where we're trying to figure out what is the next step. Mm-hmm. And what's really interesting is the next step, and the, this is what you and I, I think have have had to come to terms with, is the next next step could very well be that this project is done. Yeah, and that's a really hard pill to swallow. I think if there's anything that I've learned is that you I've had to be okay with that being the outcome. Yeah. Because it's foolish, I think, to keep pushing and pushing and pushing and mm-hmm. believing that it has to work because as we've all seen in the world, it doesn't have to work. It doesn't. You can lose everything. Yeah. And maybe sometimes losing everything is the portal that takes you to a life that is more like the one that you want. Maybe that's part that's, of how you get the transformation exactly, in the story. Exactly. And we've talked about this a lot. We've said losing everything is actually potentially exactly what we need to have happen. I mean, I'm open to whatever needs to happen so that we can evolve and grow as people. And ultimately, especially having kids now, what I want to think about is like, what kind of person do I want to be in the world? And what kind of person do I want to teach my kids to be? And so how whatever needs to happen in my life for me to become more compassionate, more inclusive, more loving more patient. That's what I want to happen so that I can become that person. So I can show my kids what it looks like to be that type of a person. Can they be our kids? Oh yeah, sure. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Our children. We have two children together. I mean, that's another element in the story, by the way, that adds some drama and adds some tension to the arc is Nella was born in July of 2020, right at the height of the pandemic in the middle of LA I was supposed to give birth at a birth center, which I did because I really didn't want to give birth alone. And a a lot of moms at the time were being separated from their birth partners in the hospitals. And I just didn't want to take the risk that that was going to happen. So I I chose to give birth at a birth center. My plans were thwarted. My blood pressure skyrocketed. It was a very dangerous, traumatic situation for me and for Nella. I mean, I could go on and on, but her whole birth situation was exactly what I didn't want it to be. And then... Fast forward, Nella was, what, seven months old when we found out we were pregnant with Charlie. We learned about ourselves that we get pregnant very easily. So, Mm -hmm. And then I was 18 weeks pregnant with Charlie when I went into the hospital with a kidney issue. I've told that story elsewhere, a couple places, and I won't belabor the details there. but, But all that to say, like, life has tried to show us again and again that we don't have control, I guess. Well, I don't know. You were talking about our kids last night and what I loved what you said last night to me about I can't remember how you said it. It's easy to get frustrated because we've got two toddlers who are like vibrant and full of energy and full of life. And they take up a lot of our energy and attention and they want to be paid attention to all the time. And they are just like, they're toddlers. They're loud and full of life in the house. And it's easy to get frustrated with that. 
But what did you say last night about what you feel like you're learning from them? Well, I really believe that if there's one thing that I would like to focus my entire life on, it's being present, period. And I think I'm so often finding ways to not be present. I have moments where I'm amazing with our kids, and then I have times with our kids where I'm completely checked out. And I think our kids are screaming at us saying, like, we are the way to the best version of yourself. <laughs> and I, I think if I could find a way to actually just allow myself to be present with my children, present with you, present with the people in my life, I believe that actually everything else would fall into place. Yeah. I really mean that. But isn't that what everybody's, all these teachers are talking about from, you know, whoever you listen to at the end of the day, what you, what's being asked of us is to be with the moment that we're in mm -hmm. and to be in that moment. Because if we can do that, then all of a sudden you're not worried about all the mistakes you made in the past. You're not stressing about what's coming in the future. You're enjoying what's right in front of you and not denying that there's pain and suffering in the world. And that's all a very real thing that we have to deal with. But if I could find a way, and I'm not saying, saying I have the, the solve for everybody else, but if for me, myself, if I could find a way to stay present with what I have and in the moment, I think my life would be a lot better. Yeah. Or my, my state of mind would be a lot better. How about that? Okay, so if stories are built around the transformation of the main character, mm -hmm. then this story is built around you becoming present. Yes. Going from the Matt who was just going through the motions because there's this lucrative thing in front of him and he's just doing it because it's what everyone else is doing to really learning what it looks like to stay present in every moment mm -hmm. of his life. Where do you feel like you are in the story? Well... I have not arrived. <laughs> I have told myself that the transformation will happen when the project gets underway, when we get the money that we need or when we break ground or when the investment dollars arrive or when we get some sort of national press or whatever it is. I've told myself that that's the, uh, the point of arrival and transformation when in reality, nothing's going to change if I'm not changed. True. So it'll all be the same. The stress will be the same. The anxiety will be the same. The wanting to control the outcome of the project will be the same. And I will still be the same Matt Ford. Yeah. And so if I can find a way to be intentional about being present and being in the moment, I think whether or not the project gets the green light or it fails, it, it won't matter. Well, and maybe being present is how new possibilities open up to you. And those new possibilities might include, you know, additional options for securing funding or whatever, or the new possibilities might be like, oh, I changed my mind about what I wanted in the first place. I'm thinking about, so this will be the first little pause that I make to talk about story structure and how I think about why I think story structure does such a good job of helping us understand our lives because the hero who wants something is the start of the story, but it's not the finish. If you think about this from like a Hollywood screenplay perspective, then you start with a hero who wants to build a surf park. And probably by the end of the movie, that hero is going to build a surf park. Mm -hmm. But in the case of personal stories, the arc is built around the transformation of the main character. So you start with a hero who wants something that hero may or may not get that thing. So you want to build a surf park you may build the surf park. You may not build the surf park. 
But the arc is not built around the hero getting what they want. The arc is built around the transformation of the main character. It's actually true for Hollywood movies too, that it's built around transformation. But a lot of times you see the hero transform and then they get the thing that they want. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the reasons why we build stories that way is because that's often how it happens in life mm -hmm. is you transform, you become something different and then you get the thing that you wanted all along. Or you realize that the thing you thought you wanted isn't really what you wanted. And that happens on Hollywood movies too. Mm -hmm. The hero changes and they go like, God, why did I want that thing all this time? That doesn't even appeal to me anymore as this new person. And so I get something different that's even better than sure. what I thought I wanted. Yes. But I think it's important, in my case specifically, and I'm not saying because I'm unique, but I don't want to make my goal of transformation so that I can have X. Sure. My goal of transformation is so that I can be a better person in the world. The goal of transformation is transformation, period. Yes. And a lot of times, I guess that is what I'm pointing out, is that a lot of times in our personal stories we transform and we may or may not get that thing that we were after, but the transformation is what sets the arc. Yes. So the thing the hero wants is what starts the story and the transformation is what ends it. And the other thing I was going to say too is I think a lot of people feel ready to write their story when they're at the all is lost moment, or at least you start to feel ready to understand what the hell is going on mm -hmm. inside of your story. Living in the middle of a story, I think at least for me and the writers that I've worked with, when you're smack dab in the middle of it, you don't even feel ready to understand it yet. You're still just, you know, like when I think about myself in March of 2020 or July of 2020, or when I got pregnant with Charlie or was in the hospital or whatever, I was just like in such survival mode that I didn't know which way was up. And it's only been recently that I've started to feel like, oh, this is shaping up to be an epic story for us and for our family. And I think part of that is because we're at the all is lost moment. Mm. We're at the moment where we're starting to see what the stakes really are and that there's something to lose, you know, meaning we're in like a do or die moment that we've invested three years of our time as a family and every penny, penny of our savings, you yeah. know, into this project. And it's like, it may fly and it may not. And mm -hmm. we can't make it the point whether it does or doesn't. There has to be another reason why this has all happened. You know, maybe this is the this is the cliffhanger. This is the uh, story loop that's opened up. Yeah. You know, I wish I could tell you right now that I I know what's going on, but I have no idea. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Other than, I mean, you talked about some things. You said what I've learned is it's impossible for me to pull this off. Mm -hmm. And what I take from that, the moral I take from that is that there's a lot less in our control than we believe is in our control. And that there's a lesson here about surrendering the outcome, surrendering the control. That's one possible moral that could be at play in this story. Yes. Staying present is another moral. Mm -hmm. You're right to recognize that the moral isn't completely solidified yet. We don't really know what the moral is because the yeah. story hasn't ended continuing to think about the transformation of the the main character. And this has gone a different direction than I expected it to go a little bit because I was thinking like, this is the story of us as a couple or the story of our family. Mm. And I think what we're talking about here more is your story, which is totally fine. There's both mm. happening simultaneously, like the story of our family and also your story. Thinking about the transformation of the hero of the story. Let's talk more about that. How has this changed you? Well, 
I would hope you would agree that I've changed quite a bit since we first got married. Significantly. I think what has changed for me is I don't think I anticipated how much I wanted to be around our kids. You know, I I remember having a conversation with you when... Oh my gosh, I know exactly what you're going to say. We were on a walk. I think this is pre-pandemic and you were just just like... I was newly pregnant. I was asking, how long do you think you're going to want me to be home? Yeah, you were like, how long are you going to take for maternity leave? And we were talking about that. And then you were like, I think I could probably arrange to stay home for a week. And I was like, a week? Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Yeah, you were like, how long are you going to take for maternity leave? And we were talking about that. And then you were like, I think I could probably arrange to stay home for a week. And I was like, a week? Yeah. Which a week is actually a long time. I feel like for most dads, a lot of dads don't get any time I think the only reason you were probably feeling that way is because I had my own company and could determine. Could make that choice for yourself. Could make that choice for myself. But, and I remember feeling like, well, I don't even know if I'm going to want to be home for more than a week. You know, like in hindsight, I can't believe I would even say that. I think it's how much I enjoy our children, how much I enjoy being around them, being with them during the day and having the flexibility that we have right now to, to be around them as often as we are. It's, mm-hmm. it's incredible. Yeah. I wouldn't tr- trade it for the world. So I think there's that. I'm not very motivated to hustle every day. I think I'm really wanting to find a path forward, even when whatever happens next actually happens. I don't want a lot to change. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not interested in working 70 hour weeks and not seeing my kids. And yeah. Whereas prior to that, that's what I was doing. Well, and we were talking about last night, like just our natural wiring. We both really love to work and we both are very ambitious and we both work hard. But I think for me, one of the things that I've seen change and want to see change even more is the line that we tend to draw between work and home. And we we like, you know, the typical way you think about a family setup where it's like mom and dad go to work during the day and come home at night and you have this time of separation where your kids are at school or with childcare or at childcare or whatever. I think one of the things I've seen shift for us is that line has blurred significantly where 
We don't have like a space that we go to every day for 10 hours a day or 11 hours a day to do the work. It's like there's more flexibility, more spontaneity, more, it's not a thing where like either of us are afraid to work hard or either of us are, I think we both really enjoy work, Mm. but it's about blurring the lines between like what's work and what's quote unquote not work. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like is meditating work or not work? Is going for a walk and talking about dreaming about the project, is that work or not work? Mm. Is sitting with your kids work or not work? Mm. Is making dinner together as a family, is that work or not work? Yeah. Going to the gym, is that work or not work? Yeah. Typing an email, work or not work? You know, I don't know. Those things can exist all together and they don't need to be divided Mm -hmm. so much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I realize it's a privileged point of view, but it's Mm -hmm. one that I really subscribe to. A privilege that I would love to give more people access to. And I think one of the ways that you give people access to that privilege is by modeling it Mm -hmm. and creating a society that's set up in such a way that those are the expectations. You know, like I think it's absurd that our world is set up in such a way where certain people are expected to go back to work days after giving birth to a baby, mom or dad, but in particular moms or where it would be considered unprofessional for a woman to breastfeed at a work meeting or, you know, there are just certain things that I've realized through our life experience over the last couple of years that make it really difficult for people who don't have access to those privileges to contribute their highest and best to their communities. And I don't think this is a stretch to tie it back to this, but I think this is part of what the dream has been with this community that you want to build. It's always been about simplifying life always been about bringing families together, always been about more togetherness, always been about connection to nature. It's always been about helping people reconnect to themselves and to each other and Mm -hmm. to the presence of God that is with us at all times. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that that vision of a place where that could be a way of life is being actualized through you and through our family right now. And at times it has felt really bumpy because I don't know of other places. Maybe there are places. I don't want to presume that we're like, we're the only people who are thinking this way. I doubt that's true, but I just don't know of a lot of places where that kind of environment exists. No, I I think Europeans have a much better approach. to. There you go. Yeah. Just leave our country. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Your business partner, Johnny. Yeah. He's a great example of someone who lives his life like that. Mm -hmm. They have so much simplicity in their lives and, live off the land yeah, more or yeah, less. I do. And I think there's something to be said, like some people, the circumstances do not allow for it. That is unfortunate. And I think, I think what would be really ideal. And again, this is I, an ideal is giving people the ability to actually have more time with the ones they love. Without yes. Actually sacrificing their entire life to work and hopefully bring home enough to pay the bills. Yeah. It's no way to live. No way to live. And just to be fair, there are people who, from a financial perspective, are very privileged and are still living that way. So it's not just, I think maybe this is an obvious thing to say, but it's not just like rich people can take time with their family and, you know, someone who has to work three jobs can't do that. It's it's across the board. It's like the model that's been shown to us is that you work around the clock and... I mean, you're terrified, terrified of losing everything that you've built. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, thanks. No, thanks. 
Did we just solve all the world's problems right there? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I mean, definitely not. But I think this is this is the cool thing to me about seeing your life through the lens of storytelling is you can begin to see the patterns and themes that show themselves inside of the story. And it starts to give you a little bit more clarity about what's happening and why it's happening. And you start to see a thread that's carrying you through. Mm. So much of what has happened, taken place in our life in the last three years is confusing. When you put it inside of the framework of a story and think about who was the hero at the beginning, what did he want? What's the transformation that is happening in the hero that needs to be achieved before the story can be over? What does the all is lost moment look like for mm -hmm. that hero? And what are the big obstacles? Like what is the one big problem that that hero has to overcome? In fact, we haven't talked about that yet. Let's talk about the one big problem. Which one? What's the one? Well, in the story, there needs to be, <laughs> there can be many problems, but yeah. there needs to be one big problem that the hero has to overcome in order to achieve their transformation. If there's the one big problem, mm -hmm. there's a million little problems right now. But if there's one big problem, it's that I haven't learned to get out of the way. Ooh, I love that. And that's ego if you think about it, right? It's like I really believe that somehow I'm the one who has to to do this. And it's like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, you're the one who's holding it back. Yeah. What would it look like for you to get out of the way? To stop worrying about it and stay present with those who I love. <laughs> and, uh, well, not just even those who I love, just stay present in my life. Yeah. You know? At the end of the day, I can't control this. It is so much bigger than I have ever imagined it could be. And if this is going to work, I've got to... And the vision, also, I want to add, the vision has become what it is beyond you. When we were in Patagonia on our honeymoon, it wasn't like you were like, I know what I want to do. I want to build a you know, 300 home residential community in Nashville, Tennessee with a surf. Yeah. It was like you had this inkling of a thing that you wanted to see. You wanted to see a space where there was unbelievable hospitality, a sense of togetherness, a connection to nature mm -hmm. with people in the United States. You wanted to see a space like that exist here. Mm -hmm. And you met Johnny and Johnny had connections to the surf world. Mm -hmm. So he brought that into the picture. Then we moved to Tennessee. You started looking at properties. You found this beautiful piece of property in Hickman County, Tennessee, that might as well be destined to be the location for this type of a community. But even just the land has contributed an aspect of the vision to the mm -hmm. property. Yeah. Like y'all never thought of doing a golf course until you found that land. Correct. And then Johan is a person you've met along the way. He's a guide mm -hmm. that has helped you. And he's our Yoda. He is your Yoda. He definitely is. He's a water people. expert, which I did not know was a thing, but this man is so brilliant. T talk about Johan for a minute. Johan is 74 from Sweden and lives in San Diego, California now. He has built multiple companies and all those companies were focused around engineering and water and engineering water specifically. So how do we get clean drinking water? How do we not waste water, but recycle it. You know, one of his sayings is, we don't use water, we borrow it. Mm -hmm. And he said, and what do you, what's the one thing that you do when you borrow something from someone? You return it better than you found it. Ooh. And so he has taken that approach to every little detail about our project. He's quirky, he's funny, he's, 
he's just like, if you met him, you wouldn't know that you're speaking to one of the smartest people in the world when it comes to water. He's built water treatment facilities all over the world. He's figured out how to eliminate the process of septic tanks entirely. And so instead of, you know, your waste going into the ground, you're actually, he's actually recycling that water. And this is not new, but he was on the forefront of this when this was happening, but he figured out how to basically turn wastewater into drinking water. Now, people are spooked by that, but it's the, the water that he's treating is actually cleaner than it went in. Wow. So, yeah, it's pretty incredible. And here's a thread I would focus on if I was going to sit down and write this story. There was a hike we did on our honeymoon, mm -hmm. a big 14-mile hike. We went with a group of people because it was the group of people who were staying at our same hotel. And one of the guys on this hike, we come up over this bend and there's this massive waterfall. And we're all just standing there ooing and aahing and admiring the waterfall. And do you remember what he said? Yeah, he says, she just keeps giving, doesn't she? And for some reason, I mean, it's a beautiful thing to say, but that saying really stuck out to both of us. We mm -hmm. talked about it a lot after the fact. And even after we got back home, we were talking about it as it related to having a, an abundance mindset that nature just keeps on giving. Like it never runs. The waterfall never runs out. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to be in this position now. Let me finish what I was saying before about the thread, mm -hmm. because whenever I'm writing a story, I'm always looking for themes and threads, patterns that repeat themselves over and over again. So one of your big problems that you faced with this project is trying to figure out a way to get enough water to the property to fulfill all of your needs. It's something like 150,000 gallons a day that you need at the property. And you've gone back and forth with, a there are a bunch of different people involved. Everyone's trying to figure out like, is there a way to get enough water to the property? And there've been a lot of people who've been very, very worried that it's going to take too much water. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the coolest storylines is with Johan's help and the ability to reuse water, borrow water, recycle water, use it again and again and again, you have figured out a way to get more than enough water for what you need to the property. There's such a lesson there for me in the abundance that is always ever present if we're willing to tune into it. Mm -hmm. It's like she just keeps on giving. Yeah. It will never run out. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. We need water to live. Water, yeah. You know, water's the one thing. Yeah that you need the most to live. Yeah. I mean, with no water, there's no project. Johan describes water as the, the blood of the earth. Ooh. You know? Yeah. Okay. So we don't have a completed story, but we've got a hero who wants something to build a surf park mm -hmm. who is going to transform in a way that may or may not give him the surf park, but he's going to transform into someone who's fully present in his life. Your big problem is you got to get out of your own way. Yep. Who's the guy who helps you get out of your own way? You. How did I do that? I mean, gosh, you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is my role in the story. Yeah. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> no. Are there examples of like a moment when I've shifted your paradigm? One of the things we talk about with the guide is that the guide has to shift your paradigm. So the guide tells you, you know, you used to think about it this way, but try thinking about it this way. I mean, just how many conversations have we had about this and I think what you're really good at is constantly saying, hey, can we think about this differently? Can we, you know, I, my tendency right now is I want to feel sorry for myself. You know, so it's it's this idea of you've helped me not want to play the victim and think that I'm 
this woe is me mentality. Like, oh my gosh, it's been so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it has been pretty it hard. It has but... been hard. But at the same time, I fully chose this. This is a choice we made together. And We're... it's a choice we continue to make, to be fair. Yeah. We've talked a dozen times about you going back to your old industry and yeah. finding a simpler way to just bring in some cash and mm-hmm. bring some security for the family. And every time we've talked about it, we've come back to this because we really feel called to it. I don't even know what that means, but we feel pulled to it as if this is part of a destiny that we're supposed to fulfill. Sure. But wouldn't you say even further that actually really what we're being pulled to is a different way of life? Yes, absolutely. It's not, it's, not, um, it's actually not, not the, the surf club. Not Yeah. 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 So I think it's foolish to say that, and I'm not saying that you're saying this, I'm saying it would be foolish to say that Pinewood Surf Club is our destiny. Yeah, what I would agree our, with you. What we're being pulled towards is, is actually saying no to a different way. We're saying yes to a different way of living. No to the old way. Yes. Yeah, that feels and, really right. And there are some people that would look at us and be like, you're stupid and foolish. Yeah. Some and, of the choices that we made could definitely be categorized as foolish. Yes. and in I, a, Within a certain context. Yes. But we are both at the point where I we would rather actually lose everything and start over then go back to the old way. Is that fair? Amen. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, there's... Well, and that's like, I don't mean to make it sound overdramatic, but that is a looming possibility. Like there is a chance. Totally. I mean, there's there's a lot, there's some people who are probably listening to this right now that, that don't agree with what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And my hope is that most people who are listening to this are going, oh, I see myself in this. Yeah, I also need to make some major adjust, adjustments in my life to make it align more completely with what I really want. And those adjustments are going to be seen by other people around me as foolish, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to do them anyway. Those adjustments scare me because they threaten what I thought was my security, but I'm going to do them anyway. Sure. Things like quitting a job or leaving a toxic relationship or. But hasn't this process shown you, and we've talked about this a few times that I've been painted by some folks as a horrible, greedy, oh yeah, monstrous, uber wealthy, shell, shell game playing developer. Who came in from California who just wants to ruin our community. Yeah. Well, yes. And so while that is the farthest thing from the truth, there's no changing people's minds when it comes mm-hmm. to that. And I think at the end of the day, what's most important for us is to remember, it's not about Pinewood Surf Club. It's about you and I getting to the place where we can we can actually say we've chosen a different path and this is the path that we want, even if Pinewood Surf Club does not happen because that's ultimately the end game here, right? Yeah, I mean, I feel like mostly I'm there. Mm-hmm. I think the closer we get or the more deep we get in this all is lost moment, the more I have to face the reality that losing everything means X, Y, and Z. It's mm-hmm. like, it means something different for everyone to lose everything. But I, I mean, like thinking about our kids having to move out of our house, mm-hmm. that is the image for me that will get me sometimes. And then I have to go, they're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. They're two and three. Mm-hmm. Like One they don't, <laughs> yeah, they don't know. Yeah. Charlie's not quite two yet. Yeah. They don't know the difference. As long as they're with us, they're fine. You know, they feel safe when they're with us. And so, so yeah, like I guess coming to terms with that reality that even if, just like you said, even if we lose everything, we get what we came here for, which is a different way forward. Yeah. we Even the phrase lose everything is misleading because there are certain things you can't lose. Sure. 
There's only so much that can be taken from us. It's all the house, material. they can take. The car, the they can take. Yeah. Matter. The rest of it, yeah. all the stuff that really matters, no one can take. Yeah. So if that's what we came here to learn, then then I'll take it. Yeah. I'll say this last thing and then we'll wrap up. I told you this last night. I was on a run yesterday, day before yesterday, and I had this epiphany that might sound really basic, but it felt like a big deal to me at the time <laughs> about the obstacles that are in front of us, the one big problem that we face as we move to achieve the thing we're after and how the obstacle that's in front of you might seem unfair. And I was actually thinking about this in the context of other people I know. I wasn't thinking about myself at the time, but the obstacle that's in front of you might seem like bigger than the obstacles other people have to face. And it might feel like, why do I have to face this massive obstacle and other people in this arena just get it easy on this, you know, like as it relates to this thing, if it's money that you're dealing with or a relationship or whatever. So it's like, why do some people, why are some people dealt such a hard path on certain things? And the epiphany I had while I was running was like, your obstacle might be bigger than the person standing next to you, but that means your transformation is also bigger too. So the gift, the abundance that you get from getting over that obstacle is also bigger than the person sitting next to you. Not that it's helpful to compare, but it's like the size of your obstacle is comparative to the size of your transformation. Mm. And for whatever reason, for me in the moment, it, it gave me this really different perspective on what has unfolded in our life in the last three years that has felt hard. At times I've been like, this feels so unfair. It feels like we can't catch a break. These things keep happening. I keep ending up in the hospital. <laughs> and it's like the transformation that I get to take from this story is as big as the obstacles we've had to overcome. And it's probably unhelpful to compare them to other people. Other people might have bigger, bigger or smaller obstacles, but I get to keep that transformation. That's the abundance I get to take from this experience. And I'm gonna take every bit of that with me and receive it fully. And I feel a genuine gratitude for that, even though it has been hard at points. I feel just a genuine gratitude for every bit of that that I get to take with me. Yeah, same. Anything else you wanna add before we wrap? I don't think so. I love you. I love you. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your your perfect home sweet home. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. 
It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.